this thing is a great gift for a strip show, dance show. Work there, dude. Welcome back, guys, on this week's show. Everything you need to know about 3G going away and why is it my Bentley here that I ordered and also eating leftovers could cost you an arm and a leg. And sorry, little baby, Uncle Sam wants a cut, too. All this and much, much more will be discussed here on Deacon Live. How are you? How are things? How are things going? Are you doing okay? Make sure you can follow us and do all the stuff that links us to you and you to us. Go over to uh, Profit Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Click on social contacts. That way I can keep track of you and make sure that you're doing okay that you're getting along with this whole pandemic thing they're slowly opening up the doors they're slowly letting people out on the streets now and i say letting them out we've been doing it they're just officially saying it now they're they're dropping mask mandates everywhere left and right and we'll dive into that here later on the show um i have been debating back and forth to either go to the gym or get myself some kind of motivation here at the house. Now, for those of you who don't know, we broadcast just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, a beautiful little town we like to call Marshville. We sit on about 22-some-odd acres. Uh, we have uh, livestock, we have horses, equines, we have poultry, and we have domesticated animals as well. I ordered a bike, and when I say I ordered a bike, I ordered one of those nice, you know, expensive cruising bikes that you see all the fucking retards <laughs> driving down the, the highways are all in the lanes. On your left, on your left, and they got the freaking helmets on, they're all in day glow colors. Not me, man. I'm going old school. I'm going headphones, sunglasses, a pair of tennis shoes with my ankle socks, some basketball shorts, and a t-shirt that I've cut the sleeves off of. That's how I'm riding my bike. And I'm riding it. It's a pleasure cruise. I might do two, three miles a day, come back home, and then start all my projects that I have here on the French. So I did buy one. It's a 27-inch Eurotech. I don't know, man. You read the views on a lot of bicycles. It's some kind of hybrid. I don't know what it is. It's got the springs, but yet I can ride it on the road. So I, I got that, and, you know, some of the reviews are good, some of the reviews are bad. I, I don't know. I've never bought a bicycle, quote-unquote, bicycle off Amazon. I was going to buy it off Walmart, and I'll get it in Walmart here in a second. But I was like, I want a real nice bike, something that's going to survive. Now, speaking of Walmart, I was came across an article that says that all the mountain bikes or all the cruiser bikes that they have, the larger adult bikes that Walmart sells, is set up for failure. They, the welds aren't good. The bike is set for, you know, as soon as you buy it, it might be like 200 bucks. Within a year's time, you're going to the, the bike shop and having repairs done on it. And the repairs, of course, can get costly on that. So I did not opt for the Walmart bicycle, even though they got Mongoose and I think they got Schwinn. They're, they're like lower-level bicycles. They're not really Eurotech or whatever the – was it a – What's the one bike? Go, oh, Gary Schiffer. Is it Gary Schiffer? Greg Schiffer. I don't know. A friend of mine had it. It was like 800 bucks for that bike, and he ended up smoking crack and selling it. So speaking of Walmart as well, I was in the Walmart. You know my trials and tribulations with Walmart and the people in Walmart. They're just like blinders on their on the sides of their face. A lot of them, they don't. And this is not just my Walmart. Every Walmart's different. Where they have like the Karens where they freak out, ah, oh, you don't have a mask on, or you're not doing this right, and you why don't you pay attention to your child? No, my Walmart's just a bunch of zombie, hay-eating, cutty, people. I'm I'm sorry. I'm saying I'm going to say <laughs> because for the most part. Now I'm from Orlando, Florida, born and raised. So the jib of my cloth is different than the jib of the cloth of the people that are up here in North Carolina, especially Marshville. Now I like Marshville. I love the town that I live in. I, the people are great. They're a slower paced people, but for the most part, everything's great. So I'm walking in Walmart. And if you know anything about Walmart, you've got the main aisles that kind of wrap circumference the, the store and they got the bulk sections out in the middle of the aisle. So technically it's like a two lane traffic. People on this side go that way. People on that side go this way.
this way. But now they've closed a Walmart up the road from us, so they're getting this Walmart here. I know they closed an actual Walmart. Well, they were within, I think, 30 miles of each other, which is, I guess is not good for business. This Walmart that I that I go to is getting all the overflow. And with the, all the overflow comes all the employees from that if they wanted to transfer over. And I walk in there and nobody looks like they're happy. Everyone's just kind of droopy dog face, walking around, shuffling their feet, not no eye contact, no customer service whatsoever. And the reason why I say that is because I walked in and I'm going down the main aisle you know, the bulk aisles in the middle. So I'm on the left-hand side with all the toys and stuff on my, the toys and the bicycles and everything on my left. And the cross aisle over is all the linen and stuff. And in the center, they've got all the pallets that they're packing out. And I'm walking and I, and I gotta go, t- I gotta get to the other side, but I can't. There's no break in the aisle where they packed out all the, they've got all pallets with all the pack out stuff on it. So I push down, I go all the way down, I end up in automotive. Finally, I can cut across and come back the other side on the street. As I'm coming back on the other side of the street, girl, I saw already packing out stuff, maybe early 20s, saw her name, it says Diana, Diane, something like that. Typical 20-year-old girl, female, hair cut down to her about her shoulders, couple bleach, what's that, Billie Eilish type look, kind of bleach bangs or whatever, I fucking don't know. <laughs> carrying a box, and when I say carrying a box, carrying a box like you would carry a dog or a baby. Lower on your right-hand side, higher up on your left-hand side, kind of leaning on your shoulder. And she, I got a shopping cart, and she walks by me, and I did everything I possibly could to get out of her way. She's coming, head down not paying attention or wandering off, eyes wandering off in space or whatever, and actually hits me. Boom. The box bumps me enough to where I my body twists just a little bit, and she actually bounced, took a step back, readjusted her position, and then started walking around me. Not a thing was said. Nothing. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, my apologies. I didn't see you there. Are you okay? I'm sorry. Nothing. Bounce. Like a, like a bumper car bounced off me and then just kept right on the path that she was <laughs> designed to do to go down the aisle. And I'm like, for real? Nothing? Zippo? That's all I get? Just a bounce and a bounce off. And then, so I'm walking around. I'm looking at my arm and I got like a little red mark on my arm. And I'm like going, they, these mother, these motherfuckers. <laughs> no wonder. You want, what do they say? 15 bucks an hour? Give me a break. So, I mean, it just not that it made me upset. It made me upset that you didn't get the, it's kind of like when you hold the door open for someone and, it, and they walk in and don't say thank you for holding the door open. It's that same feeling, that same effect that you get that I got when this girl, literally, I can see her coming at me with the box. I'm like, she's going to hit me. She's going to hit me. She's going to hit me. I'm trying to move over. I can't because the aisle, the center aisle is packed out with all these pallets of boxes and stuff. They're trying to get on the shelves, merchandise, and she bangs into me and then... Anyways, I know. Am I petty? Am I, what is the, the male, uh, I was talking about Karen. What's the male? Chad? Something like that? Carl? So I was the, I didn't say anything to her. I was just kind of like, rolled my eyes in the back of my head. I'm like, well, here you are. This is your Walmart. This is a representation of the demographics of your town that you live in here. So there you go. All right, guys, when we come back, uh, we got a big show to get into, lots to talk about. And we're going to talk about Airbnbs and cameras being put in Airbnbs. So stick around. You're listening to Deacon Live right here on Proper Radio. I'll be back. You're listening to the best new rock here on Profit Radio. Stick around, we'll be right back. Is it me? Am I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama. Maybe I am. 
Am I the villain? I don't think I'm the villain. You're listening to Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live now presents you Jermichael with the latest song from his upcoming album that is profound yet a simple message. This is Beautiful Day. It's a beautiful day to get off your phone. Sometimes everyone should hear this occasionally. For more information, check him out at profitradio.com. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day to sing this song. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day to sing along. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day to get off my phone. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day to be alone. The sun up the top, waves going wild. Sitting in the sun, I like my skin well done. When I like chocolate, but enough chocolate to get the cabbage. I'm sweet, just like chicken to the eye. I'm eye candy. Welcome back to Deacon Live. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have matching video as well. And the way you see that is to make sure you like us on our Facebook feed, on our Twitch stream, and also our YouTube stream. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow, and you can see us in real time as I'm waving to you and you to us as well. If you want to be heard, we'd love to hear from you. And the way you be part of the show is go over to Profit Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Click on the Be Heard section, little blue bar. Click on that. opens up a microphone. You can talk right into whatever device you're watching us on or listening to us from comes right to our inbox here and we'll play it on this podcast if you get it on this show if not you can comment on any time we'll play it on the very next podcast even podcasts we've done many years ago we still have downloads and stuff from 2017 i know we've been doing the show that long and so if you have any questions about those past shows or just want to ask me questions in general you can do that that's the be heard section on profitradio.com now someone who is calling it quits after 13 years i'm sorry after 14 seasons the wendy williams show is now ending this june multiple outlets have reported the Longtime radio show host will not be back to her famous purple chair to cover hot topics and give advice to audience members in this long month's hiatus due to her ongoing health cares. Comedian, actress, and former host of The View, Sherry Shepard, will be taking over her daytime talk show slot. Now, what she's going to do is she's going to fill in for the rest of season 13, get that all up and going, and then from there, they're going to switch everything and make her the permanent host, and it's not going to be called Wendy Without Williams, I guess that would be funny, but they're actually just re- Vamping the show and just calling it Sherry. That's Sherry with an I. S H E R R I. And she's been on there before. You've probably seen her on The View. Does very well. She's very funny, very smart, great smile, great personality. And I think, and I hope she does well. So Sherry, who's, who is a natural, has proved her skills hosting for many times on the panel of The View, The Fox's Dish Nation, and again, this season on the popular, of course, like I said, the host of Wendy's show. Uh, like our viewers, we have been impressed by the unique comic twist that Sherry puts on daily live hot topic segments. And so on and so forth. So Sherry Williams, I'm sorry, not Sherry Williams. What's her name again? Sherry Shepard's going to be taking over the Wendy Williams show. She's going to finish out the remainder show that's going on, the season 13, and then they're going to switch it all over, and then she's going to be her own show called Sherry. So we wish her luck out there. I hope she does good. Uh, I really like watching her. She does have a little bit of a, she's a little bit more, I don't want to say risque, but she's got a little bit different way of thinking about things, so I hope she does well. Now, some people out there, now Wendy Williams has had a lot of problems. You've seen her when she was standing up on on stage, and she had the, uh, it was a Halloween special, and she was dressed as like the Statue of 
Liberty, and she actually like passed out on stage. She also had like in the middle of her show or right before the show, she canceled everything and and went on had to take a leave of absence. They canceled the show and ran reruns for a couple weeks. She was going through, I know, a messy divorce with her husband and so on and so forth. So we hope that everything's going well for her. But some people they have this they call it not a disease. Now I'm not saying that Winnie Williams has this disease, but it's called PPD. And there's a lot of toxic people out there in this world. Paranoid personality disorder, which is PPD, causes extreme suspicions and fear of others. People with PPD may falsely believe that others are either lying to them, cheating to them, or exploiting them. It's called narcissistic too. PPD may develop because of genetics, life experiences like abuse, or other mental conditions. There is still very little research that's done on paranoid personal disorder and the best way to treat it. But sometimes there is psychotherapy that may help. Here's the most common symptoms of PPD and the best way to manage them. Tend to be suspicious and mistrustful of other people. Uh, they are tense and nervous in social situations like me, I get anxiety and on the lookout for a threat. That's called being way too high, I believe. That guy knows I'm high. That guy knows I'm high. Believing that other people are lying to you and, or exploiting them, holding grudges and refusing to forgive, being overly sensitive to criticism, being afraid to reveal any personal information to other people, falsely thinking about other people that are insulting them, also always suspecting that their partner is cheating on them. God, how would you like to live a, a relationship like that? Like, where, where are you going? I'm going to the bathroom. Who, who are you going to the bathroom with? I'm in the same house as you. It's just me and you. Who are you talking to in the bathroom? Dude, shut the fuck up. Uh, assuming that there's hitting meanings behind people's casual remarks or looks, having a hard time relaxing. I mean, this is, this is a big problem. I say it's a big problem, but I mean, someone, if you ever had to deal with someone who's got PPD, it's so... It's so exhausting, I guess is the word I was looking for. And the only reason why I brought this article up, um, I was watching Inventing Anna, and it's the girl from Ozark, and she is this socialite. She plays a socialite that kind of cons people out of money. Not that PBD was her problem, but there, if you watch the way she talks and the way she talks to people, you might sense that she might have a little bit of PBD. But I was watching that, and so this article just kind of rang in my bell here as far as what was going on with that and watching that series as well. It's kind of good. If you can get past the, I forget the young lady's accent. If you can get past her accent, if you're expecting to go into uh, Inventing Anna, seeing the girl from Ozark, which is the blonde curly-haired girl. I know. Awesome with names, aren't I? But that's it, not. You're not going to get that huge dramatic hit, that punch in the face like, wow, she's a really good actress. Uh, she was good in Ozark. Not so good in this, but the storyline itself holds you on board. Now, something that is being let go right now, people out there, AT&T is shutting down its 3G network. And what does that mean? for you? Well, I'm going to tell you everything that you need to know. It's time to move on because not even 911 will work right now. So right now, mobile mobile network provider AT&T is shutting down the 3G network in the USA as a part of a plan as they announced way back in 2019. The company has said that less than 1% of the customers actually use 3G. You think 1%, but when we get dive into the article, you'll figure out what's going on with it. Um, they introduced 3G networks way back in 2002. This was a time where BlackBerry was on top of the choice for the modern-day mobile phone. 20 years since BlackBerry devices are well into their digital-grade, 3G networks are also set to meet the same end. So 5G over 3G, the reason why they're doing this, mobile networks are transitioning to provide services using the fifth generation 5G of mobile network technology. Dubbed the game changer and how we communicate wireless in the world today, 5G networks promise an ultra high speeds, minimum delay, and ability to connect and communicate with a flurry of devices around us uh, who might be affected. It seems that only individuals who use the older 3G compatible mobile handsets, like your phones, your flip phones and stuff like that, are affected by 
this move. Once the network stops operating, users will not be able to access emergency services like 911 uh, from their older phones. AT&T has provided about 2 million replacement in a form of free or discounted 4G phones. So they're saying, hey, I know you've got this old 3G crappy phone. Here, come get this 4G phone at a discounted rate. However, the past two decades, 3G mobile networks have also become the backbone of, of the host that connects services such as, you ready for this? Home securities, home alarm securities, and millions of cars on the U.S. roads, including those sold in the last three to five years, still use the 3G network. My wife has, uh, we spent a lot of money on her car. It's a really, really nice car. She does have 3G on the car itself, and there are upgrades. I don't know if it uses the old version of 3G or the new version of 3G. I'm sure we're going to find out. I'm sure as soon as she hears this podcast, she's been like going, we have to buy a new car. Well, no, hold on. Hold on a minute. There are upgrades for your car that like, you can actually go to the dealership and they will upgrade it to where you can access the, the 4G network. But here's a lot of things that you don't you don't think about. All your trucking companies out there that use 3Gs to um, fleet tech, all the things that like track trucking. Like if you've got a, a fleet of trucks and you're using GPS to track, you know, if he's got like 16 stops, you know, delivery service, you can see where the truck is at any given time. Uh, school buses, I didn't know had GPSs in them. Well, not physically look at them, but they can see where the buses are. I guess that would make more sense. They can see where the buses are for your school routes and stuff. All that might be going away. AT&T has warned its users well in advance about the change. However, if you are unsure of the changing effects to your phones, you can find out a detailed list of the of which devices it'll affect on this website. So I'm going to click on the website here. Oh, it's a big PDF file. All right, I'm going to put this up on the uh, Profit Radio page. That's PR. Let me write that down because I'll forget. And I'll post this list on the Profit Radio page, and I'll put it on the front page so you can see it. So you go to Profit Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Click on the link I'll put up on there. And while you're there, get yourself something for free. Get yourself some free uh, magnets. We have magnets. We have stickers. We have buttons. We have a whole bunch of stuff. Just fill out a little form. Tell us where to send our, your stuff to, and we'll send it out to you. All right, guys, stick around. We're going to get into uh, IT Dan and find out what's going on with him. You're listening to Deacon Live right here on Profit Radio. I'll be right back. I swear I'm addicted to blue cheese. I gotta stick to this paper like blue sleep. Bitch, I'm by my chicken like it's a two piece. You can have your bitch back, she a groupie. She just swallow all my kids in a two seat. Swagged out. Did anybody feed the dog? You're listening to. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Profit Radio. Profit Radio. Adelia, my neighbor, was a bird. <laughs> yeah, we yell in Spanish. She gifted us that, by the way. We have no idea what it was yelling at us. Constantly in Spanish, laughing at us, looking stupid and clueless because we have no idea what it's saying. You know, it's almost <laughs> as if it knew that we didn't know. And it just took advantage of that and just made shit up with the words it knew. What was it talking about? You're listening to Deacon Live. Well, I'm tangent about a parent. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Double-faced on Tundra, life goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Live. Make sure you follow us on your social networks, and don't forget we do a, uh, a live broadcast, and the way you get on board with that is go over to Facebook, go over to Twitch, go over to YouTube as well, just search Deacon Live Podcast, and make sure you follow us and like us, share us if you'd like to as well. We appreciate that. You can give us a comment as well, and if you want to be heard on the show, we'd love to hear from you, and while you're over at ProfitRadio.com, click on the little Be Heard, uh, opens up a microphone on your tablet, on your device, whatever you're listening to us from, sends us a message right here to our inbox, and we'll play it on this podcast if you get in a little too late, don't worry, we'll play it on the very next podcast, and you can be on board just like us as well. Now, before we get any further, let's find out what's going on with IT Dan. Hello, Travis. How are you? Hello, Dan. How are things? Uh, pretty good. I'm officially retired. 
Retarded? Yes. I sent in a resignation email to Home Depot. Kathy said it's time. Oh, so you're retired. <laughs> yes, your hearing's not that bad. So how do you feel? Um, actually, it's, it, it did feel the difference being, even though I haven't been back there in two and a half years, it kind of, it did a little, little weight off you. I don't know why. It shouldn't matter. But, but do you feel like impending doom of where, you know, where are you going to get a paycheck or are you going to be able to make bills meet and all that stuff? No, I, and I'm not, I'm not worried about the fact that over three quarters of my life is gone. No, I'm not worried about money, so I'm not. Oh, look at you, big baller. It, it, it feel good though to do that. Well, good. So, so what's next on the list now that, uh, retiree Dan is, yeah. uh, what are you going to do? You're going to invest in Bitcoin or something now with your retirement? Do you have a four, did you have a 401k there? I had a 401k, but I've already. You, you burned yeah. through that or deposited? Deposited it. Yeah, I didn't. And I didn't have to pay any penalties. So I just had to pay the taxes that I would have. When you're deposited, you're not paying taxes. Right. So, and today I'm out walking. We're watching a, a little dog named Riley Rose. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. And I put one foot in front of the other, and Riley Rose looked at me with a big snotty nose kiss and said, I love you, retired Dan. She's actually an emotional support dog for a woman. She's, her eyes are all glassed over. She's got look, look, coma. It's almost. Are you talking about the lady? Hold on. Are you talking about the lady or the dog? Both of them. I think that's where the term or the phrase goes, blind leading the blind. And um, this, this dog is tiny. It's probably about 15, 20 pounds. Very rarely barks. But it, Only when you step on it. She, she has a little ball that's got, like, holes in it. She can see shadows, but she can't see good. And then she gets the ball, and she tries to get you to pull on the other end of it and tug it. Are we talking about the ball? Are we talking about the dog or the lady? The, the lady. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dog. She's like a like a little pit bull playing with something and stuff. So what, what, kind of do- what kind of dog is it, Dan? It's just a mongrel. It's a little black mongrel. I'll send you. You know, the, I take, I take offense to that word, and a lot of people in our listening audience takes offense to that word mongrel. Okay, she's a mutt. There you go. She's that's better. Unknown origin. That's that's like calling the Asian baby Oriental. I think that I think they find offense to that. It's like calling and mongrel. Some people take offense to that. Speaking of Orientals, I just watched episodes of a Korean series called Bugle Soul, Immortal Souls. Is that and two? Se- is that two separate shows or one show, Dan? No, it's one show. It's Bugle Soul, and then it has parentheses. You know, it actually has a full colon. Full and colon. There's Immortal Souls. Is this a continuation yeah. series or something, or? Uh, no, it's only one season. They wrapped it up. Did they sub subtitle it or okay. they uh, yeah. dub over? You have subtitles because my Koreans, I'm rusty in Korean. Oh, more team is the car, right? <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, interesting. Something a little different than some of your regular shows. So. Have you heard? Uh, hold on, Dan. Have you heard anyone back from the the Super Bowl party uh, as far as your chili that you had last last week? No, everyone's everyone. They didn't shit it. their brains out. No, no. They, well, <laughs> well, everyone shit their brains out every day. So. They couldn't tell anyways, you know. It was so good, I made some more like two days later, and it lasted about a day and a half. It was all gone. How many, did you make a gallon, two gallons, three gallons? How many did you make? Um, Probably about three gallons by the time you get done. Filled a, I, we have a big crock pot, and it filled it, not to the top, but close. That's not three gallons. That's or that's one and a half. Okay. I made a shitload. Literally. Yes. And who ate it? You and you and Kathy? Yeah, just me and Kathy. Yeah. And you said it only lasts three days? A gallon and a half of chili in three days between the two of you? What was this, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? No, lunch and dinner and snacks. It was good, though. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast, then? 
Oh, breakfast the same as usual. Two eggs over medium and toast and coffee. All right. And um, we got our new phones. I, I got the Samsung Galaxy S22. I love it. Kathy got the iPhone 13 Pro, and she's had three other iPhones before this. She hated it. It would not take clear pictures. No. <laughs> she just can't see. So we ended up and got to AT&T, and I'm returning it. I went, we went to Apple support. I looked at every single setting on the phone, and the pictures were blurry and not clear and so, and we, I went, we went to Apple support. I looked at every single setting on the phone and the pictures were blurry and not clear. And so she's going to get a galaxy now. So I have to teach her how to use a Android. But uh, the good thing, all she does is phone calls, texts, and take pictures. She doesn't do a lot with her phone. Sounds like I it. Woke, I woke up last night with a cramp in my leg. You know, the kind of you just jump out of bed and try to walk it off. So. Nope. I've never had that before. And if I had a cramp in my leg, I'm not jumping anywhere. I'm laying in bed. I, I have it happen about once a year, maybe. So what happened? What caused yeah. this one? Too much coffee? Yeah, Too much chili? You probably yeah. got the, Dan, you probably got the gout. Do you eat a banana? You gotta eat a banana if you get a cramp. That's what all they, they tell you at the Olympics. If you get cramps or whatever, or your basketball team, you gotta, you gotta eat a banana. Do you eat a banana, Dan? No, I didn't have one at the house. Did you eat like a banana flavored like pudding or something? That would help. Oh, I, I don't have any pudding or jello at my house. I'm, you gotta remember I'm retired now. I can't have these luxury items. Now, have you sat down, now that you're retired, have you sat down and done a budget and say, okay, this is how much we can spend on groceries, how much we can spend on box wine, how much we can spend uh, on our satellite dish or whatever that we do? Uh, uh, you get the free downloads, the BitTorrents and stuff. Uh, what, and what's the latest with that? You said you were getting, uh, you got a note from the CenturyLink yeah. saying that you can't have that? Um, I can't deny or confirm that, but I got a, I got a <laughs> VPN now. See, I think that's such yeah. bullshit. Let them mind their own business. Somebody contacts them. It's not them. Right. And then the, they should go, hey, that's none of your business. It's our client. Personal privacy protection plans uh, yeah. should be part of that. Well, there's probably things, but on the big scheme of things, I'm not worried. So you got a VPN, and then what do they do? They If they see you yeah. downloading stuff illegally, are they going to say uh, the VPN? They're going to shut the VPN down? Then you got to buy another VPN? Well, the VPN's in, in, um, in Switzerland. So? So they so they'll send a letter to VPN means private network. So that means when you do it, they, they can't track it. Something so smarter than me figured it out. So hold on one sec. So CenturyLink gets a, a note or a letter from someone else saying that, hey, this IP address is downloading something illegally. And then yeah. they say, they say, okay, you know, we'll take your word for it. And they send you a letter and saying, hey, you downloaded the Rock's new movie, whatever it is, illegally. Don't do it again or we'll shut off your internet. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll just get a VPN. But the VPN still has to come through CenturyLink's front door. Does it not? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, you, have to, you have to look at, is someone in Switzerland signed up for CenturyLink over here in North Carolina, and they're not going to put five and six together? I'm not sure of the whole exactly the way it works, but what it does is they they would get. I have an address, just like you have a, each computer has an address when you sign up for CenturyLink or anybody. You have an address that goes out on the internet, a public address, and this program spoofs it and hides it from CenturyLink or anybody else. All they know it's from Switzerland, and exactly. So why why wouldn't that? That would flag if I was a company and I'm like, all right, CenturyLink, here I am. I'm, I'm Mr. CenturyLink. And I know all the people in this area and I look at all the little red dots on my screen to see all the households that are, that are downloading and using my wireless internet connection or whatever the fuck it's called. And then all of a sudden I get this red dot over in Europe somewhere and I'm like, that's not going to throw a red flag. 
You know, I mean, I I think the people who invented this were clever enough to, it works. It it does work. (laughs) And when I look, it tells me, um, because mine starts with a 7-1 or something, and this is like 185. And how much you pay for this VPN, Dan? Um, $74 for two years. Is that going to fit into your retirement budget? Well, that's what I have to talk to you about. I'm going to have to come over your house and wash dishes a couple times a week. At what, 30 bucks an hour? No, thank you. Who said 30? How much do you want? How much are you going to charge me to wash my dishes in the house? 35, of course. <laughs> Travel expenses, car. Are you bringing your own soap and water? Yeah, I'll, I'll bring water. And I don't want, if you're doing that, Dan, I'll, I don't want to catch your dishes over here too. Well, I'll wash mine while I'm here, you know, just yeah. you know, get paid to wash my own dishes. Yeah, that's double dipping. That's American. And money. that's how you get in trouble, Dan. That's why Centrally <laughs> caught you out doing your thing. Actually, I, I do the dishes every day at our house. 99% goes right in the dish. Do you I run it every day like the commercial says? I run it every day. Do you have a, and do you have a, a water saving setting like it could do the bottom row only? Only or the top row no, only? No, I fill up both racks. You know, between my coffee cups and plates. And what? And what? Okay, so you, <laughs> Dan, you're killing me here. What's the cubic thing of your dishwasher? What are they? Two point seven cubics or something like that? I forget. I haven't been in the appliance business in a while. Twenty four inch. Okay, twenty four inch wide. So it's probably going to be about four cubic feet. Okay, cubic so four cubic. Yeah, four cubic feet. So you're telling me. Top load, bottom load, and the utensil rack. In one day, between you having your coffee, your bagel on a plate, and an egg, or whatever that you had, I forget what you said already. I'm not paying attention to you. And then you said, let's say this week you had chili for a uh, snack and chili for dinner. You're telling me between the two of you, you have managed to fill up a whole entire washing machine for you to, to run it full steam every day. Every day, yeah. And very rarely do I have a load where it's not, it's, you know, it's not overpacked, but it's pretty, pretty full most every Dan, day. Dan, I'm thinking coffee cup, maybe two coffee cups, maybe two bowls, you know, normal size cereal bowls or whatever, maybe yeah. two or three pieces of utensils or, or you know, fork, knife, spoon, something like that. And then what else? Kathy's cup. Okay, ca- Kathy's how many cup. Cu- how many cups does Kathy need in one day? Usually about four. Why? Why? <laughs> Why four cups? Well, is she not happy with one, or is it like one cup for water, one cup for milk, one cup for juice? Okay, you know how Amy has certain things that she does? We all have certain things that we do. You have to be a little bit more vague on the question, Dan. Well, okay, well, I'm just saying Kathy has things that she does. Okay. Make coffee, pour it in a cup, heat it up, and leave it in the microwave. Forget to even take it out of the microwave. Make another cup. By the end of the day, there's usually like three cups that are either half full of She's worse than a 14-year-old drinking, like, leaving half cans of sodas around the house. Yeah, exactly. Only the flies don't get in the car. All right, so, all right, all right, so, so Dan, not for nothing. Let's say you have one coffee cup and, and Kathy's got four cups that she's had I throughout two, the day. I have two coffee cups. Why two, Dan, why two coffee cups? You know, you can rinse them out. You can rinse them out and do them again. Not if you have it. That's going to waste water rinsing them out when you have a dishwasher. You just throw it in there. Oh, it's so, so wait, you're talking about washing. Uh, you're washing your dishes every day, but you don't want to rinse out a cup because it's wasting water. You're wasting water by running the dishwasher every day. No, it's it's a water saver one. It uses about three. <laughs> what? Yeah, water saver as far as it uses overall, not every day. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So pass that. Pass the, two, pass the six cups of coffee, God knows. Yeah. All right, what other dishes do you have to fill up a 
four cubic square foot dishwasher. Usually, usually I'll use I'll make something and yeah I'll make a dinner or something and I'll have coffee cup plates and saucers for that and whatever bowl I cook things in. What are you? Are you serving the queen? Are you having like the president step over? Throw that shit on a paper plate. I hate paper plates and plastic forks. They just well I understand. Yeah, I don't. I understand the plastic forks, but paper plates. Yeah. If I Dan, if I make a sandwich, you know, two pieces of bread, ham, cheese, yeah. lettuce, uh, maybe a tomato, and, and maybe maybe something like a uh, I don't know pickle or something on top of it. Yeah. I'm not breaking out my fine china and putting the sandwich on it. That's going to be gone in less than you know eight minutes. I'm going to break out yeah, a, pa- a Dixie plate that you know for a stack of them of a hundred. You can get it for like six bucks. I'm going to put the sandwich yeah. on the plate and listen. To, here's what drives my wife crazy. Put the sandwich on the plate, cut it in half, corner to corner, not side like uh, you know the Nazis do. And I eat the sandwich. And then when I'm done, I got crumbs on the plate. Guess what? Uh, tip the plate over into the sink, knock the crumbs off, put that plate down. And guess what, Dan? I'm using that plate again. I'm using that plate again. But we've already paid for all our dishes. They've all, you know, in, in our environment now, the money. Do you think anyone's going to fall asleep listening to this part of it? No, this is the part where they're sitting there actually paying attention to. The part that they fell asleep on yeah. was you talking about walking this dog down the yeah. street that's blind that can't uh, find a, a ball with holes in it. And I have to say my May, Maytag dishwasher. Right, that's a good brand. It works great. 13 years old and it works every day. You know why? Because it's like muscles. You use them every day and you exercise them. And you're wasting water. All right, so so you got six cups in there. You got let's say a, a plate and a saucer for whatever reason. You got the saucers. I don't know why. So you got a, a plate for you and a plate for Kathy and a saucer for you and a saucer for Kathy. And let's say how many forks and knives and spoons do you use in one day? You know, we'd be surprised. I have to take a picture. I'm surprised I already. I probably fill out three of the bins with spoons and you know if I have coffee I'll have a spoon. Oh, I have a yogurt, and I wash my yogurt cup in there. Your yogurt? You wash the yogurt cup? What do you mean the yogurt cup? Aren't, aren't they in, like, recycled containers, like the little plastic things? You play, you pull yeah, the top off? Yeah, you pull the top off. I don't. I throw away the top. The bottom part I throw in the dishwasher is that washes it all out. Then when I throw it in my recyclable stuff, it's not. Oh, Jesus, off. Dan, really? Are you what? Are you? If you open up a can of tuna, are you putting the tuna cans and the soup cans no. and all the metal c- containers in there in your dishwasher no. as well to rinse them no. out so you put them in the recycle bin? No, I would never do that. Honestly, Dan, are you putting the YoPlay thing in your dishwasher to rinse it out? I'm, I'm putting the yogurt in because I, I'm running the dishwasher anyway. Why waste you <laughs> turn on your faucet and rinsing it out? How much water does a, a dishwasher use on any given day? It uses about three gallons a day. Okay, three gallons a day. Now, you ready for this, Dan? Yeah. So your aerator has a gallon per minute, a GPM, on the aerator. So how long do you think it takes for you to wash six coffee cups? I have no idea. I wouldn't I wouldn't even want to try that experiment because that would be it would be taking a lot of effort for me. It's a lot of math and you don't have time for math anymore. Running, flushing the toilet twice, I got one point eight gallons in my toilet. So flushing my toilet twice is the same as running a load of dishes. Are you letting your shit pile up in the toilet? You're not flushing it as much if you're trying to save water? No, I flush the toilet. Dan, you got a lot of charts and stuff you gotta figure out when you're retired now. Because you're going to start looking. Are you on a well or are you on the public water system? Uh, we're on public water, but I don't. We have a private septic, so we don't. It costs about forty bucks a month. For yeah, water. but look at look your water bill. For whatever reason, yeah. they do charge you for water going out. It's a lesser charge, but they do no. charge for water going out. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Have mine. All right, Dan. Anything uh, else before I let you go? Um, no, uh, no. That's everything is going well. All right, Dan. Talk to you later. Okay. All right, bye. Now. All right, bye. Stick around, you're listening to Deacon Live. We'll be right back. If you best believe it, I'ma rip you up to pieces. I'm a lover, not a fighter, but darling. 
Hi, I'm IT Dan, and I've written a book called Marriage Changes Everything. I've been married for almost 40 years, and I know very little about women, including my wife. Marriage, that's another thing. This is a compilation of some of the most intelligent and insightful anecdotes, jokes, and stories that I've come across in 47 years of marriage. You can find it at Amazon.com, or you can follow the link on ProfitRadio.com. Uncut Jobs. Uncut Jobs. Uncut Johns. Uncut Johns. You're listening to Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live now presents you Lachlan Shaw with his latest song, Hollywood Clichés. A singer-songwriter, composer from Yorkshire, this song entitles about the romanticism of images portrayed in love movies and how it really doesn't transcend into reality. For more information, check him out at PropertRadio.com. But I ain't seen it broke your heart as teenage dreams started to tap part in all rebellious solutions fell away. And 21, it fell so hard as adult put it, made it smart, and now it's no one left to take it away. And she said, Life's not like. Hollywood movies, the right thing to say, then always put in a place. And life's not like Hollywood movies, it's not guaranteed. Welcome back to Deacon Live. Make sure you follow us on our social networks. The way you do that is go to Proper Radio, P R O P H E T Radio, and I click on social contacts. You can find us on all your devices, all your platforms internet, Instagram, Twitch. All the different podcast catchers out there, we're on uh, 27 different platforms. I also host a show on Mondays called Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, where we create sounder horses from the ground up. Kind of a Q&A type podcast, that's every Monday. Uh, I do it here in the studio with Mike Stein. He is a professional farrier. He's been doing it for many, many years. He knows the ins and outs as far as horses and stuff. So if you're a horse lover out there, make sure you search for him on your iHeartRadio or wherever you download podcasts. That's Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. So you can check that out as well. Now, the country slow. Slowly opening up. Well, they've been opening up for a while. Masks are coming down. People are getting out there. They're moving and grooving. This company right here is getting prepared for the worst, best-case scenario. Condom Giant prepares for sales to boom as the global pandemic restrictions ease up. The world's largest condom producer, Durex, saw sales plummet during the pandemic. I don't want to touch him. You might get COVID. Condom producers say that sales are picking up as vaccination rates increase and restrictions ease. Now, because of the whole, what they consider the the technology and the chemistry that they use to help create the quote-unquote vaccine for the pandemic and for the coronavirus and all the stuff that we've been getting into, it's also led to preventative, if not curing, HIV. I think they have already two people that have been completely cured of HIV because of the way the, the vaccine or the serum serum works in the body. So that's good news there. Not that you're going to go out there raw dogging everyone, but here, for the most part, Malaysian contraceptive giant Carex said, while the announce, announcing second quarter earnings, that the vaccination rates ramp up across the world and countries begin to adapt to new normal, is expecting to demand for its sexual health products, specifically condoms, lubricants, to increase. Carex, K-A-R-E-X, which produces about 5.5 billion condoms a year, supplies well-known brands such as Durex, the 
one, quote unquote, one condom saw sales battered by the pandemic. They fell almost 40% in the last two years. Wow, 40%. Anticipating a boom in condom sales in the early days of the pandemic, March 2020, and even warned global shortages about the time. Now, saw the video of them just rinsing them out and sticking them back in there. Ooh, I know, that's horrible. I don't know if it was this company or not. But yeah, the Goem, who's the CEO, said that the condom sales have already improved in the early part of this year. UK consumer goods giant Rector Beckenstier, which owns the Durex brand, said this month it has seen strong sales and the growth in the intimate products as the restrictions have eased. So there you go. You're going to see a lot more condom sales out there. So I don't think there's a shortage of material out there. You know, with sales being 40% low, but who knows what the supply chains have in store. Now, this child right here didn't know his value or worth at the time. When you talk to your child, you know, you always see on, on um, certain TV shows and certain articles and stuff, or you even ask your own children if you've got some at home sitting around, laying around doing nothing. You know, how old do you think mommy is? How old do you think daddy is? You know, how much do you think this house costs? You know, just to give their perception as far as what they consider old and what they consider money-wise. What's a lot of money? This 18-year-old kid made a promise with his mom to stay off social media until he w- until he turned 18 years old. So this promise was made when he was 12 years old. The mom said, I will pay you $1,800 if you can stay off social media till you're 18. Being 12, I really didn't have the concept of money at the time, so I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, that's sick. I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be rich by the time I'm 18. So he said he was gonna go buy a car, he was gonna build a house and stuff at 12 years old. So sure enough, he did. He made it. The weekend of his 18th birthday, Sivert kept his promise and earned himself $1,800. Lorna, his mom, says it's the best money she's ever spent because she knows firsthand that how teens can struggle with social media. Of course, you know, being bullied and stuff. I mean, social media right now is what creates the young minds and their self-esteem self-esteem as far as how they grow up and how their their mushy brain gets more concrete. Uh, the older sister, uh, she got obsessed with keeping up with her Snapchats, and which really affected her mood. She was also getting lethargic and stuff. This is the boy's older sister. Lorna says her daughter is now in grad school and doing well because of her grades and, and social life. So she said the daughter is now a healthy relationship with social media, but Lorna, the mom, wanted to see if she could could change your youngest child, Sivert, from going through the same hardship. So she made this 18 for 80 or 18 for 18 bet with his, uh, with her, with her son. Sure enough, on his 18th birthday. So it's real easy. Just first, first of all, don't get him a tablet, 12 years old. Don't get him a phone or have a phone to where it's blocked. You can do all this stuff and block it at all this stuff. I'm sure. Come on. If he's 18 now, 12 years ago, what was that 2010? 2010, he was doing it already, if not at school. He just didn't know his mom was seeing it. So he physically, I guess, didn't have a social media account. That might be, that might have been a better way to describe it. He didn't have like an Instagram or a Facebook page or anything like that, but he was on there. He was looking at stuff. Him and his friends, <laughs> look, girls, <laughs> boobs. <laughs> so, and all the other stuff that goes on with social media. Now, we just got done with the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady is now retiring, and the was it Daytona 500 uh, rookie driver won the first uh, won his first race at the first race of the season, Daytona 500, and now something else is a first in Las Vegas. Now, for the longest time, Las Vegas for decades was off limits to pro teams. Things have changed in the past now. They have a national hockey team out there. The Golden Knights that played there in 2017 to 2018 season are now taking up residence at the T-Mobile Arena over on the Las Vegas Strip. Also, don't forget, was it Oakland Raiders? They bounced from Oakland to L.A. to Oakland to L.A., and now they had enough with their arena. So Las Vegas said, you know what, come on over. 
You can be the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So that's what they're doing now. So now they have a pro team. Another pro team is dipping out of California. The Oakland A's are now trying to get a new arena out there. They were kind of along the same thing. They were considered like Oakland playing outside of L.A. And they got like a shitty area. They had a shitty stadium. They had a shitty baseball field. So Las Vegas said, you know what? Come on down. Come on down. We'll uh, we'll put you in our place, our little town here in Las Vegas. They're going to build them a new stadium. They don't know yet or not if they're going to attach a casino to it. But I would think that now times have proven that, you know, having a team in Las Vegas, a pro team that would lead to a lot of online sports team betting, which Las Vegas at the time was the first one to do it. Now it's available in 30 different states. I know Florida was trying to do it for a while, but they can't get their shit together. Navajos. No, sorry. Cherokee. Osceola. Go Florida State. I forget what the, it's been a while since I've been there. But yeah, so the uh, Oakland Athletics, the baseball team who was once owned by MC Hammer at one time is now going to travel and be part of the Las Vegas Athletics here in the next year or two. Uh, they're going to be in, let's see, what do they say? Uh, right next to where the Las Vegas Raiders are going to now play. So that'll be interesting. All sports team right now have sold out from tourists and from local activity as well. So that should be good for the economy over there in Las Vegas. Now, I mentioned Osceola and Seminoles. Indians and stuff. Now, for those of you who don't know, I am I'm born and raised in Orlando, Florida. My dad is one-fourth Cherokee. My grandmother, of course, was half, so he'd be fourth, I guess. And so whatever I am from him, I am that part of Cherokee. I, I forget what the dilution is as it walks down my, my path. But for every year, we used to go up to... Franklin, North Carolina for vacation and we go to Cherokee and we learn all the stuff. And if you look at my grandmother, my grandmother was about 115 pounds, uh, and looks very, very much like a Native American. And my grandfather, my dad's dad, uh, was from New Orleans or something crazy like that. Cause I could never understand. I think he's talking Creole or something. But right now, federal officials have come up with a first list of potential replacement names for hundreds of geographical features in three dozen states that include the word, you ready for this? Squaw. They are trying to remove the word squaw from anything on that, that that represents like squaw's peak and the squaw this. Now, if you don't know what squaw means, it's a term that's been passed around and passed down, meaning female or woman. And depending on what side of the fence you're on, they're considering this a derogatory term. Now, why would you think squaw would be a derogatory term? Well, if you really, really, it's kind of the interpretation. If you really, really want to dive into the meaning of the word, it represents or said in one article that was written, you know, many years ago that squaw represented the word vagina. That's, that's it. That's the only grounds they have to stand on to remove this term saying that this is a derogatory word to women saying that squaw means vagina. Well, let me tell you something. There is a lot more names and other stuff that can be determined or be called derogatory based on the name. So I'm, I'm really, I'm using a broad brush to paint this picture so you got robert you got bob what's the other one dick right richard i'm sorry richard not robert richard sorry all you roberts out there you guys are still assholes richard is transferred to dick now there's a long history behind that but i mean literally the word dick is in the title of what you call your genitals right so you got dick's peak over here you got dick trickle who is a famous race car driver speaking of the uh nascar NASCAR, got it. And anything that out there that has to deal with a, a man of any kind of stature, and his name was Dick, that was his name. 
the Dick Bachelor run that we do in Florida all the time. It's a it's a K run for charity. Dick Bachelor, which is an awesome name in itself, and they don't want to erase that. So how do you determine squaw, which technically means woman or female? And this oh well, that that means vagina. That means vagina. We can't have Squaw's Peak or Squaw's Mountain or whatever. Because when I see squaw, people. Who, who can't decipher between words and meanings said that that's derogatory and we don't want to call that vagina mountain. So they're trying to slowly replace it all. Uh, several different states right now, Arizona, out there in the Midwest, those flyover states are trying to remove the word squaw from a lot of their monuments and stuff that are out there. And if it's in their, their documents and stuff, listen how, what kind of genius we're dealing with out there. They're actually going to replace the word squaw for now so they can figure out how to change it or what they're going to do to rewrite it with just the word in quotes, instead of squaw, S Q hyphen hyphen hyphen. That's it. That's worse than the actual word that you think means vagina. Well, mommy, what does that mean? Oh, oh we don't we don't talk about the word that not, should not be spoken. All right, Macbeth, let's go. So there you go. Stick around. We got more to get into. And what is actually in crab with a K? We'll dive into that and find out what's actually in it. Is it good for you or if it's bad for you? Stick around. You're listening to Beacon Live right here on Proper Radio. I'll be right back. I'm an Indian outlaw, half Cherokee and Choctaw. My baby, she's a Chippewa. She's a one of a kind. All my friends call me Bear Claw. The village chicken is my pawpaw. You're listening to. Hey, I'm not the problem. You're the problem. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. I am a little nervous, but very excited because in two and a half hours, I'm going to be doing ayahuasca for the very first time. If you're not familiar with ayahuasca, it is a tea that combines two different plants. It's been used by South American tribes for a very long time in ceremony to essentially go deep. We're talking into the spirit realm, into your own mind, into your past. Basically, whatever you need to see, it shows you. And this is whatever you need to see for your greatest soul growth. So a lot of people experience some pretty difficult things because they need to get over some things from their past or they need to be shown something. So what is my experience going to be like? We'll have to find out. I will keep you guys updated. I am very excited to share what comes up. You're listening to... I'm not a loser! Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Of course. Welcome back to Deacon Live. You want something for free? Of course you want something for free. And the way you get that is go over to Profit Radio. P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Click on the free swag section. Fill that little form out. And uh, just fill it out with your name and address of where we're sending this stuff. Believe me, i got enough shit going on. Uh, I'm not hacking your email or selling your email to anyone. I just want to say thank you for listening to us and downloading us. We sent out a bunch for overseas every at the end of every month. Uh, but here in the United States, if you like something, uh, you can usually get in about the, about two days from now. We'll send it out to you gladly. I'd love to. Just to say thank you for listening to us and downloading us. Now, I hate to use the word down download because this in Miami, Florida, you guys know where that's at? In Miami, Florida, a helicopter crashed into the ocean near a crowded beach. Two people inside of the helicopter were taken to the local hospital. Now, if you want to see this video for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well. I'm going to switch screens so we can all see it, and we can all be friends as well. This is worth the watch. So this is from their police scanner or police 
closed circuit TV that's watching out over Miami Beach. And Miami Beach this time of year, believe it or not, I know we're in the, the middle of February, but it is 80 some odd degrees. It's beautiful, beautiful skies, beautiful water. The beach is freaking crowded. In the water, outside the water, on the beaches, everywhere. It's crowded. And this helicopter, which looks like one of those kind of it's not a sightseeing helicopter where there's like multiple people in it. It looks like one of those helicopters that can only fit like two people and they're out there taking pictures of like boats and they're out there taking pictures of like aerial shots instead of like having the, um, the drones out there doing it. They've actually got two people in there taking pictures of everything. So here we go, real nice and slow. You can see the helicopter come out of the right hand side of the screen. You can see how crowded it is. There it is right there. Coming in, coming in hot. Nobody's moving. Everyone's just kind of hanging out. Helicopter, bam. Probably within about, I'm going to say within feet, 10, 10 to 15 feet of someone. We're going to watch it again? No? All right, for more on this, let's check out this article right here. So let me turn everything up so we can all be friends here. Here we go. A helicopter crashed into the ocean near a crowded beach in Miami Beach on Saturday afternoon, according to the Miami Beach Police Department. The incident happened around 1.10 p.m. on Saturday afternoon near the 10th Street Beach, and two individuals inside the helicopter were taken to a local hospital. Video of the crash released by the police department shows the helicopter crashed near a group of people in the ocean. The beach area between 9th and 11th Street in Miami Beach was closed. The Miami Beach Police Department, Miami Beach Fire Department, and several other agencies responded to the incident. The Federal Aviation Administration responded to the scene as well, according to the police department. And you can see this picture right here. This is someone who got their camera out and took it. You can see the big cruise ship in the background. You can see all these people. There's sandbar and everything. Nice crystal blue water all the way down this mangled helicopter. And people are just kind of walking up to him like, is everybody okay? Well, there you go. So that, that happened in... um Miami Beach, Florida, and the two people did survive. They just got taken to the hospital, and they are good to go back on the air again. Now, something out there that is also burning in the water, a cargo ship. Now, you've heard about the supply chains and everything, and the cargo ships are sitting out front of California. They can't get them in the port fast enough, so they're trying to reroute them. DeSantis said, you know, bring them around the Florida. We'll unload them over here in the port of Miami. We'll unload all those ships. You might get two days uh, more on travel, but unless you're not sitting out there waiting, you know, two, three weeks in their port in California to get those boats unloaded over there. And they're trying to do the best they have, and they got a lot of union guys that are, you know, kicking around and shitting around and stuff. So what's happening right now, check this out. A ship carrying 1,100 Porsches, 189 Bentley luxury cars, and a whole bunch of other very important cars, very high-dollar cars, are sitting in the middle of the water on fire. A massive cargo ship holding thousands of luxury cars, including 1,000-plus Porsches, was left floating across the Atlantic Ocean after it caught on fire near Terracita Island in the, the Portuguese island territory. The ship departed from Edmund, Germany, on February 10th, was scheduled to arrive in Davis Field, Rhode Island, so it's coming on the other side of the, the east side of the United States, on Wednesday before a fire broke out. The, tw- the crew of 22 members on board were safely lifted off the burning ship via helicopter as seen in this video. So let's see what the video says. Let's see how well they were lifted off of course there's a little so look at this holy jesus look at that ship burning so a helicopter comes down yeah that ship's on fire they're trying to get everyone off the boat you know ratchet them up through the helicopter 22 crew bringing them up on board Authorities did not specify the amount of cargo left on the 650-foot, 60,000-ton ship. However, automotive website The Drive reported the cargo ship is carrying about 4,000 vehicles from the Volkswagen Group, including 189 Bentleys and an unknown number of Audis. All right, babe, sorry. We can't buy the the 2022 Audi. It's stuck out in the middle of the ocean, and it's on fire. So you ready for this? So Matt Farah... 
the editor of the Smoking Tire, tweeted he has been waiting for his 2022 Frozen Berry Metallic Boxster, Boxster Spider, estimated total worth about $123,000 since August. Then on Wednesday, he got news from the dealership that his car was possibly on fire, drifting in the ocean. <laughs> I just got a call from my dealer, he says. My car is now adrift, possibly on fire, in the middle of the ocean. Boo, hoo, hoo. So all these cars out there, these luxury cars from the Germany, are sitting out there on fire. They don't know how many they've lost yet, and they're just out there right now. Now that the fire has subsided a little bit, right now as we speak, they're out there going in there, sending crews and trying to assess what's going on. Now on the other side of the globe... As of right now, on the other side of the globe, Australian opens up its borders and welcomes back tourists. All the borders have been lifted and the mask mandate has been relaxed a little bit in Australia. And pe- don't forget, there's a people that were outside of Australia trying to get back home. And here's the airport right here, and you can look at all this right now. Airport reopens its borders for nearly after two years. So a lot of these people haven't seen their family or anything. And this is the big congratulations and hello and, and welcome home type deal. Even tourists, but just family members that were caught in between borders during the pandemic. So Australia has opened up their borders nearly after two years, welcoming home of their family, friends, and tourists as well. So here's a nice little video. I'm going to put this on four so you guys can see this. Yeah, as soon as I opened up the borders, I just knew I could finally come and see my family and, and attend my brother's wedding like on March 4th. So that's what I'm really excited about, to have the whole family together again. So I haven't seen my dad in four years, so it was great to hug him. And all the little welcome presents just make me feel at home. It's really special. Here's a new news release. Warmth of the welcome that's been given to those first planes that have come in this morning has been quite extraordinary. And to see the way that people have been reunited, the hugs, the tears, has just been wonderful. It's been a party out here at Sydney Airport. Everyone's celebrating. It's so great to have the international tourists back from right around the world. So there you go. Australia opens up its borders, so you're allowed to go over there. Feel free, grab yourself a foster, put something on the Barbie, and do all that stuff. And make sure you get to your Airbnb uh, that you've rented over there in time. Now, get ready for this. A lot of people think they can make some good money with Airbnb. I had uh, one of those uh, scam, not scam calls, just one of those random telemarketer calls. Would you like to sell your property and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. Well, how much is your, do you have a tenant in there? Yeah, we have tenants in there. Well, how much do you get per month? I'm like, it's not a per month, it's per day. What do you mean it's per day? I'm like, yeah, we get about $400 per day. We have a house outside of Daytona Beach, about maybe 20 minutes outside of Daytona Beach. And, you know, when it's not occupied, it's available for Airbnb. And we charge about $400 a day. Well, the person I was talking to, you can't get $400 a day with tenants in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, it's an Airbnb. Do you want to buy the house or not? Now, you're like, there's no way. You're, there's no way you can $400 a day. All right, whatever there. Schlemiel, get out of here. Now, when you have an Airbnb, there is uh, three things that you want to make sure that you have going on. Make sure you have some kind of camera at the front door so you can count people going in and out of the house. Make sure you lock up all, you know, the owner's closet. Make sure that's all locked up and stuff. Only leave out a, a little bit of things that they can take care of or take care of themselves like coffee and toilet paper and stuff. They will steal everything. But one thing you shouldn't do, Airbnb guests have said that they found a hidden camera in the host's bathrooms. And this is what's happened right here. So let's see. Airbnb guests are alleged in a viral TikTok videos that have been found in the camera in the host's bathroom. According to TikTok, the police showed up to Airbnb. Brittany Walsh at Brittany TikTok starts with her holding up what appears to be a camera inserted into or disguised as a charger box. 
So you've seen the little cubes, the little squares. It's got a little camera on it. It also features a portion of the online Airbnb listing. The TikToker pans around the Airbnb showing the two police officers. And then the text overlead, somebody's about to catch a felony. Airbnb located uh, to be in Austin. 50 million times. Okay, so what happened is they put the SD card in a computer that came out of a little charger. The first video should be the person who originally plugged it in. So that's how they were trying to get it. And the one one big thing is they put them in smoke alarms as well. Most good cameras you will never find though. There are apps that can scan for Wi-Fis uh, for devices on your cameras. Now this video right here, this security guy shows you how to find out if you've got a camera in your place. So this TikToker, a cybersecurity expert, Mark Hutchinson, goes into detail about hidden cameras placed around Airbnbs and hotels and how to spot them. The video is ranked up over 33.4 million. Can't you just say three and a half? Just cut it easy. Views uh, and telling viewers how to check for suspicious places. So here's the video that he has right here. How to find hidden hidden cameras in your Airbnb. So I'm going to put this on camera four. Make sure we can all see it and you can see right here. So here's how to spot hidden cameras in an Airbnb or hotel. Now, the first thing you're going to want to look for is devices that are conveniently placed where a creeper would want to look. Take this fire alarm, for instance. It's placed right above the bed. Now, one way to see if a device is a camera is to shine a bright light at it. If you hit a camera lens, it's going to give a bluish reflection. Now, you can test this by shining your phone and seeing how the camera looks when placed under a flashlight. Now, this clock is mirrored, but if we shine a bright light at it, we can see through the glass and see there's a camera there. Now this technique can also work on two-way mirrors. So the camera is USB powered and the wall charger it's plugged into is actually also a camera. If we shine the light on it, you can see that little pinhole in the middle with the blue reflection. That is the camera lens. Night vision cameras use infrared LEDs to see, and if we turn off the lights and use the front-facing phone camera, we can actually see these LEDs. Now, the front-facing camera is the only one that tends to work, because the back-facing one... It, lo it looks like there's two little red lights, red eyeballs looking at you. IR filter. Now, you can sort of see the infrared LEDs on this clock already, but if we cover up the main LED, we can actually see them a lot better. Now, I wouldn't rely on this method because people usually don't shower in the dark, so if they're placing cameras in the bathroom, then they're probably not going to bother with night vision. So these cameras are very small, as you can see here. So they can be in anything, even a hole in the room. You want to check any suspicious devices or holes either facing the shower, dressing area, or the bed. So there you go. I mean, you can use your phone to see that. Turn the lights off, turn the front camera on your phone, and kind of go around the room, and you can see the little red LED lights that are trying to, you know, feedback or trying to open itself up to get any kind of light so it can actually videotape you and stuff so oh god are we that well <laughs> are we that yes and the answer to my question in the same breath is yes we are all right guys when we come back yesterday was 2020 2022 two, 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 two. i'd say 2022 yesterday was 0222 2022 so there's a lot of things that are going on a lot of things have been happening with that and uh is it good luck is it bad luck uh, we'll dive into it and see what's going on stick around you're listening to deacon live right here on proper radio i'll be right back So many people say that swearing is a low sign of intellect, and I, I don't want to turn to that person and go, well, you can fuck off as well. You're listening to Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live now presents you Shabam with his latest song, Sleepless Nights. 
a singer-songwriter from India, based in Los Angeles. For more information, check him out on ProfitRadio.com. Looking at all the empty space, that's how I feel about you. Feeling like you trapped inside, I know what you've been through. I see how tough it is, I see how you got this, I know so you didn't mean to. I see how tough it is, I see how you got this, I know so you didn't mean to. Welcome back to Deacon Live. If you want to be part of the show, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to be part of the show. Now's your chance to come out here and join us as well. And the way you do that is go over to Profit Radio, P-R-O. P-H-E-T radio. Click on Be Heard. Opens up a microphone on your device. Speak right into it. Nice and clear. Ask us any questions you want or just give us a shout out or give yourself a shout out as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. It comes right to our inbox. We'll play it on the very next podcast. And if you have any questions about anything in the past couple podcasts, uh, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if you do that, if you've gone that far, go ahead and get yourself something of a free. Fill out the little form. We'll send some stuff out to you as well. Now, you want something for free? Well, Red Lobster's not giving you something for free but they're they're giving away based on the date of yesterday yesterday 0222 of 2022 only happens once in of course our lifetime the next time it's going to happen is going to happen 400 years from now so you can do the math on that red lobster is giving away $222,222 for two for tuesday now you can still get on board, so don't worry. This is how you get to it. Now, is Red Lobster valid anymore? I mean, it, have the Darden restaurants, the supply chains, have, have they gone down? When I think real seafood, I don't think Red Lobster. I think squishy, <laughs> overcooked crab legs. Their Cheddar Bay biscuits are the best thing they got going on. But if you say, hey, look, what's the best thing they got at Red Lobster? Darden restaurants. You go Cheddar Bay biscuits. All right, so... What else do they have? Well, they have the Admiral Feast. They had that for a while, which is a sample of everything. And it was like $19 at the time. That was, you know, big living. I think they have like shrimp fest, shrimp scampi fest. I don't think they even do that anymore. Fresh fish and live lobster is what it says on the sign. I don't, I think red lobsters, you know, going by the wayside of the, uh, the, the pento or the gremlin, AMC gremlin car. I think they're, they've served their time. They're not good anymore. Olive Garden, for whatever reason, they're still killing it. Remember Smoky Bones? Yeah, they, they passed away as well. Red lobster is celebrating a once in a lifetime day with a once in a lifetime opportunity to win $22,222 in cash. Uh, uh, this couldn't be easier for you to enter. <laughs> you ready for this? Between February 22nd and 28th, so you still got a couple days left on this. If you aren't a member yet, it's not too late. By downloading the app and creating a file, you are automatically entered, automatically entered to win the money. You can earn additional entries into the sweepstake every time you dine in or order a to-go. We are raising both claws, because it's, you know, lobster, on this date. And going all in on this one, on this once in a lifetime. <laughs> Jesus. The, pun, I, the puns kill me. I can read just fine. The puns just kill me because I'm like, oh, that doesn't make any sense in my head. Giving our members the opportunity to score some, maybe I have PPD. They're against me. They're against me. Giving our members the opportunity to score some amazing prizes and awards along the way. Uh, one person will win the grand prize. Is it really a grand prize if it's only $22,000? I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But Red Lobster is also doodling around other prizes throughout the week. A secondary prize of $222 on my Red Lobster reward bonus points will be given 222 reward program members. Uh, we also learn 
There's a lot more uh, on the app, and the contest is located on the Lobsters, Red Lobsters website. I guess they're going to have a grand total. Here's the thing. You ready? Hear me out here. So Red Lobster probably doesn't have a whole lot of foot traffic, probably doesn't have a whole lot of entries. A lot of people don't put a Red Lobster app on their phone. So the odds of you winning is probably tremendous. So even how many people are in the United States? Uh, 300, sorry, yeah, 340 million people, something like that. Do the math on that. How many people go to Red Lobster? Cause Red Lobster is not all over the place, but they are somewhat nationwide. And let's say 100,000 people go to Red Lobster. How many of those? And I'm, I'm speaking fictitiously and most of them don't know about this thing and half of a percent sign up for the app, you're talking about you have a chance of winning $22,000 from, you know, people that are maybe 10,000 people. So what are the odds of you winning? It's better than the lottery. Now, granted, you know, it's only $22,000. By the time, depending on what state you get in, you'll probably walk home with about, you know, $11,000, maybe $9,000 worth of prize money. But other than that, it, it, it's a gamble. It's all out there. It's a gamble. So go, go for that. Uh, you can sign up on the uh, Red Lobster website. Now, if it didn't come in the shell, I would debate a lot of stuff about what comes out of Red Lobster. But for the longest time, imitation crab meat has dined our, our dinner tables at some point. You see it a lot in sushi just because it's, it's easier to do <laughs> crab. You know, when they say, oh, you want the crab, blah, 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 you know, it's imitation crab meat. And I think they should tell you on that. I believe they, they do. They have some obligations. So you've seen imitation crab meat on sushi and uh, where supermarket seafood section, what is a crab stick made of? Some restaurants call it crab with a K while others call it crab stick. So there's a different crab stick with a C or crab with a K. It also refers to Kanani Kama or Kamabuka in some areas. The question is, you might ask, what is in imitation crab? Non-meat eaters want to ask, is it imitation crab vegan? Well, no, it's not. So here we go. It's not vegan because it's made of actual fish. It's not shellfish, but it's made of fish. Imitation crab meat was first produced in Japan in the 1970s. It was presented as a cheaper alternative to pricey crab meat. Fake crab meat mimics the taste, the texture, and the color of, of real crab meat. Now, I know for many years uh, you had scallops, and there was a company that was actually got prosecuted for having imitation scallops. You see Gordon Ramsay, you know, doing his scallops and stuff on the, on the you know, oh, it's burnt. <laughs> Take it back. Well, you say, well, how do you make more imitation scallops? They were actually taking stingrays and punching holes in their fins. And that meat that's in the, in the fins was actually, could pass and I guess taste the same as scallops. Oh, but what about the stingray? Yeah, you know, do you want your scallops at $30 a plate? Do you want your scallops for, you know, $15 a plate? It's up to you. But yeah, that's what they do. They actually, uh, imitation scallops are made out of punched out circles from stingrays. Crab sticks are made cheaper with white fish varieties, often pollock, which is commonly used for frozen fish sticks. See, there you go. When it says cod, hopefully it says cod and it is cod. But if you look, I'm sure it's probably 95% pollock with 2% cod in it. The fish is pulverized to create this paste that can be molded in any shape that it wants, including crab legs. The binding agents include egg whites, starch, vegetable oils, or sugars can be added to shishimi, shishimi, I'm sorry, shishimi paste to make the meat stick together. Occasionally, monosodium glomate, MSG, is added to shishimi. Crab with a K is made from starches such as wheat, potato, and tapioca. The crab stick is processed, features high sodium, sugars, and amounts of... So it's not good for you, but... Isn't it all imitation crab healthy for you? While real crab and imitation, imitation crab have about the same caloric intake, the fake crab has some issues. 
Real crab gets its calories from the protein, and the fake crab reportedly gets its calories from the sugar and the carbs. So if you're on like a keto diet, no, sorry, imitation crab is not for you. But it, for me, crab legs, unless they're king crab legs, like the Dungeness crab and the s- snow crabs and uh, what's the rock lobster? Not the rock lobster, rock crabs or whatever with the black tips on it. It's so much work for little meat. It's not worth it. King crabs, if you can find them like during season, they are, I know they're, they're expensive baller over here, but you get like almost like a huge hot dog style piece of lump crab meat out of those legs rather than the, the snow crabs or the indigenous or indigenous crabs where you crack them and they kind of, you know, the, the shells get soft and you're, you're basically pinching the meat inside the legs. I know people out there are like, oh, well, you can use scissors and cut it out. It's so much work for a mess and butter everywhere and you got dripping down the face and I know everyone out there is like, oh, shut up. I want crab legs now. <laughs> it's just a lot of work for not a whole lot of, of prizes. Now this teen right here, my wife loves Chinese food. Her birthday was uh, this past Monday and I said to her, uh, you know, what do you want for your birthday dinner? Well, I don't want anything. I, you know what? I'll just make some. I'm like, babe, why don't you're out? You know, you're doing your horse thing and everything. Why don't you stop by a Chinese store, Chinese restaurant, and get yourself some Chinese? Get yourself some takeout. I don't like Chinese food. I mean, I'll eat it if it's at home, but I don't seek it out. I don't go out there and get it. No, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, all right, all right, fine. That's fine, babe. You know, happy birthday. I will make you whatever you want. And we just kind of, I think we made like a salad or something, just something simple. We sit out here in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to find a restaurant that's worth any grain of salt. Uh, there's one or two that we go to, but for the most part, there's not a whole lot of quote unquote options for Chinese restaurants. This gentleman right here, a teen ate leftovers of rice and noodles and hours later, doctors amputated his legs and his fingers. After hours of eating leftovers from a restaurant, a 19 year old was admitted to the hospital with multiple organ failures and later both his legs and his fingers were amputated as well. The Massachusetts college student had eaten rice, chicken and lo mein from a restaurant. Soon after he fell abdominal pain and his skin turned a shade of purple. The teenager was admitted to the hospital for shock, multiple organ failure, and a rash. His condition quickly declined. He experienced abnormal breathing, high blood pressure, and vomiting. I mean, that's what happens when you eat Chinese food. I'm just saying. The student had been healthy overall with regular drinking and smoking habits. Nothing outstanding was was noted. After further tests, he was diagnosed with, here we go, big words, menajacol Jaco Cole, poor, pure purple. <laughs> Here we go. Fulmininine disease. Meningococo, purpura, fulminin disease. So that's what the guy had, the kid had, and lost his, uh, went in toxic shock. Then he started getting, um, Necrosis and then lost his legs, lost his fingers. The team learned that although the Massachusetts student had received the first dose of the menococcal or vaccine, he never received the recommended booster. Oh God. <laughs> there you go. Uh, his roommate also ate the leftovers and vomited, but didn't have the life threatening reactions. So the r- roommate was fine. He ate it all and Justin said, no, 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 it's good. It's good. <laughs> I'm good. Eat it down there, Timmy. Oh, man, I lost my legs and stuff. All right, guys, we got one more little break to get into, and we'll let you get back to what you got to do. You're listening to Deacon Live right here on Proper Radio. Don't eat your leftovers. I'll be right back. One tries to fly away and the other watches him close from that wire. He says he wants. When I get drunk, 
What's the occasion? Um, it's Tuesday. Hi, fair enough. Let's go. You're listening to Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live now presents to you Motley Tear with his latest song, Dead and Horny. For more information, check him out on ProverRadio.com. Welcome back to Deacon Live. Make sure you follow us on all your social networks. And the way you do that is go over to Proper Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Click on all your social contacts. And then while you're there, you can also hear a couple other different podcasts that I host. I also host a short little segment you heard from IT Dan earlier in the show. And that is this going somewhere. And you can find out all the full-length audio from his segment over on iHeartRadio as well. That That's called Is This Going Somewhere? Check him out as well. Full conversations. Uh, I just don't have enough time to put the whole entire segment up there, so make sure you check them out. Uh, that's Is This Going Somewhere as well. Now, we just talked about the the date, 2-22 of 22, and it's going to happen next time in the next 400 years. And what are the odds of being born on this date? But what are the odds of being born on this date at a certain time? This baby right here was born on 2-22, year 22, at 2 22 a.m. Can I say two one more time? Here we go. Hey, guys. Hey. Now, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well. And the way you see this video is go over to ProfitRadio.com, click on uh, Deacon Live, and you can see this video. And she was born right here in North Carolina. Well, delivery this morning was one with even more meaning. Baby Judah Grace Spear was born today on Tuesday, 2-22-2022. Get this, at 2-22 this morning. But as I found out, the date and time isn't the only thing that made Baby Judah Grace's arrival so special. After 26 hours of labor. Jesus! First-time parents Aberly and Hank Spear welcomed their daughter Judah Grace Spear into the world on 2-22-2022. I heard all the nurses screaming and excited. And I was like, what just happened? I looked at him and I was like, what time was she born? He was like, 2.22. And I was like, oh, okay. Not only was she born at 2.22 in the morning on 2.22.2022, baby Judah Grace arrived in delivery room two at Alamance Regional Hospital. Isn't just numerically special. Her name means praise. Judah, that's why we picked that name because I was diagnosed with Hold it together. Oma back in 2014 and we were told that we probably couldn't have kids. The couple says Averly was diagnosed with cancer just three months after they met. You know, eventually every man says they don't want kids, but they do. They do. Weighing seven pounds and ten ounces, the couple says their bundle of joy and the numbers 222 will always serve as a reminder to never lose hope even when the odds are stacked against you. All right, well, there you go. She was born <laughs> 222 with a bunch of twos in there uh, over here in, in North Carolina. So there you go. Congratulations to the couple with a newborn baby with a very significant date as well. Now, for all you parents out there that have existing kids, if your teen or adult child made money investing 
you'd be surprised of this new thing coming out that's called kitty tax. There's a kitty tax bill coming out for earnings above $2,200. Can we lose another two, please? Children under the age of 18 or under the age of 24, if they're full-time students, which means parents with college kids may be affected, you will avoid these levies if the child is invested or individual retirement account or stick with a tax-friendly asset. For your teen or child that has been dabbing in stocks and cryptocurrency to gain some money, there are gains may be triggered a surprise bill called the titty titty. <laughs> That's a different that's a different tax. This is called the what they call the kitty tax. An extra levy put on the parents once the child's investment income and capital gains, dividends and interest exceeds the certain threshold. Now, it combats the ability to shift brokerage accounts to your kids. So for example, if you if you made some money in cryptocurrency and you shift it off to your kids, this kitty tax will actually happen uh, and they'll try to catch you. Previously higher income parents move assets to the children's account to pay lower taxes on their earnings. How However, the IRS has added a kitty tax to crack down on this practice. Here's how it works. Let's say your 22-year-old college student made $5,000 from investing. While the first $1,100 is tax-free, the student owes the levies on the the next $1,100 at their rate. Beyond that, gains get taxed at their parents' rate. So any profit above $2,200 is subject to a kitty tax charge to the parents at their rate. Assumably, the student is full-time and dependent on their own tax returns. In this case, the parents will pay levies up to $2,800, which means that $5,000 minus the $2,200. So there you go. If you're trying to move some money around your cryptocurrency and stuff and put it on your kids, no, no, little Timmy, little Timmy made some money. He made about $2,200, but you together all made like $10,000. So you have to pay on your rate, whatever your level of taxes are, for the remainder of the, here we go with math, $7,800 that you're responsible for. Does that make sense? I got it. I think I got it. Now, one parent right now I know is not going to pay any kitty tax. He's probably going to look to have to pay bail. This man right now is in jail because he got an argument at a McDonald's drive-thru. I know the feeling, man. I was so angry at the, the girl who bumped me in the arm. <laughs> I was so angry, but I didn't take it out on her. I just kind of went on about my day. This guy kind of took it out on everyone, and his kids were involved as well. An armed man, angrily about his McDonald's order, told his four-year-old child to shoot at cops. Here we go. This is where we're at. A father not only pulled out a gun when the McDonald's staffers got his order wrong. Is all right, Have we gotten there? Is that where we're at now? You got my order wrong. I want a cheese. Is that where we're at? We're just sitting there pulling out guns because we got cheese. We didn't get enough cheese. McDonald's staffers asked him to pull forward and we'll fix his order. And they called the cops. He also said, you messed up my child's Happy Meal order. They said, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. We'll, we'll fix your order. So Sadat Johnson, 27 is in Salt Lake County Jail for felony child abuse, threatening and using dangerous weapons in a fight or a quarrel is what the record's showing. The suspect had a four-year-old and a three-year-old child in the backseat of his car and a gun and was totally obviously out of control when he pulled up to the McDonald's drive through window on Monday in Midville. And for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well. And you can see this in real time as we're talking about it here on the show. Just go over to ProfitRadio.com. Make sure you like us on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook hey, as well. So here we go. Kana joining us live from that location where it all happened. She has the very latest details tonight. Lena. Here we go. Come on, Lena. Bring it home. Glenn, this incident started with a McDonald's order. Unified Police Department of Greater Salt Lake responded to the call and upon arrival immediately tried to make contact with Johnson. Knowing he may be armed, police pulled Johnson out of the vehicle. As soon as he was pulled out of the vehicle and they started to take him into custody, one of the officers noticed the firearm. 
uh, coming out the vehicle. The officer quickly deflected the barrel of the gun as the weapon was discharged. Who was holding it? The awning of the McDonald's building and injuring an officer in the arm. That's when officers made a shocking discovery. The person that pulled that trigger was four years old. Just think the gravity of that. Police believe Johnson instructed the child to shoot the officers. A child who thought it was okay to pull a firearm and shoot that firearm at police. I've never seen anything like this in my 28 years in law enforcement. Sheriff Rosie Rivera says the officers are in disbelief that something like this could happen and believe anti-police sentiments may have contributed to this incident. This, you know, campaign against police officers just needs to stop. We're here to protect and serve, and this is getting out of hand. Live in Midvale, Lena Takata, ABC4 News. There you go. Shoot him! Shoot him! Junior! Dad! Shoot him! Oh, man. Can you imagine that conversation? Can you imagine what the, the both children, the three-year-old and the fire, or three- and four-year-old are going to go through? And, you know, what age do you start remembering stuff? Those memories right now are probably going to be suppressed. They have no idea. They have no, they probably grabbed the child, you know, put him in protective custody, didn't tell him what happened. If don't tell him, I wouldn't tell him, you know, hey, this is what happened. And then it's going to be a movie. The kid finds out that he was shooting at police. His dad got taken away. No, slow motion. Roll the film. But the, the parenting, who knows what's going on with the parenting at home? Well, this next story, the parenting at home went just as planned. This is a lesson for all those kids out there. If you want to be something, if you want to achieve something, put your mind to it. And with the proper support and everything, you can do this. This kid right here, Orion Jean, or Jean, I'm not sure how they say it, is Time's Kid of the Year. To me, kindness is being able to make someone's day a little bit brighter. Kindness can be as simple as, you know, smiling at someone six feet away, of course, or holding the door for someone. It doesn't have to be super big, but it can be, and it can be something very small. I got an email from my teacher letting me know about the contest, uh, but the only thing was it was due the next day. So I worked really hard to write my speech and record it, and I didn't know that I was going to be able to uh, win. The Race to Kindness is a series of events focused on spreading kindness throughout the country and across the world. The goals change each time, and so far I've been able to collect 619 toys, 100,984 meals, and well over 500,000 books for underserved communities. What a smart little kid! One thing that I've learned throughout this process is that when people come together for a common cause, great things can happen. And when people see a need and they're provided an opportunity to help, most people will. I like reading, uh, watching TV, playing video games, playing with my brother and my dog. Uh, I'm a big um, vintage video game fan. So like <laughs> How can he be vintage? He's 12 years old. Man, trying to get the hang of Donkey Kong. My parents are definitely my heroes. Uh, they show me every day what it means to be a kind leader, and they're the reason I've gotten this far, literally. So, funny story, my mom's middle name is actually Orion, and she was named after the constellation, so I guess it's like a generational thing. There you go. 
Times Kid of the Year, Orion John or, or Gene, Operation Kindness, and based on what's needed in that area, whether it be food, whether it be games, whether it be toys, whether it be whatever, he is behind that, and that's his creation, Operation Kindness. And you can check him out. That's Orion John, J-E-A-N, for him. And he's uh, Times Kid of the Year, oh, an inspiration to us all. On that note, guys, I'm going to let you get back to what you got to do. On behalf of all you guys listening to us, downloading us, and doing all the stuff that links us to you and you to us as well. My name's The Deacon saying goodnight and goodnight. Wait, wait, wait. Come back. This is the end. The absolute end. Écoute-moi.